This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, Brittany. Hello, Eric. So why are we here today? Um, well, we are here today uh, because there's someone that we want to tell you, our listeners, about. Yes. Uh, and she's doing something that I don't think that we've actually ever really seen before. Yes, yes. Her name is Arlen Hamilton, and she's the founder of Backstage Capital. It's a very unique venture capital fund. And she's really atypical in Silicon Valley. She's a black queer woman. She didn't graduate from college. And she's in this industry where she's surrounded by white guys from Stanford, Harvard, who, surprise, hire other white guys from Stanford and Harvard. Yeah. Her mission with Backstage Capital is also pretty different. So she's specifically investing in women, people of color, and queer founders of startups. And, like, most VCs, they think that, like, if you're going to find the next Mark Zuckerberg, that means you got to find somebody who looks like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. You know? And Arlen is like, nah, we off that. We're going to do something different. Right. And, like, and like, what's so impactful, I think, about that is that, like, when you only have a certain small group of, like, super privileged people who are sort of, like, given VC money or given money to start businesses, they're going to tend to solve problems that only matter to that small, like, privileged group of people. Yeah. And basically what Arlen is doing is by opening up her fund to all these underrepresented groups, she's giving Silicon Valley the opportunity to actually, like, meaningfully solve different problems. Yeah, it's really cool. And she is popping at the moment. Like, she's been in TechCrunch, Rico, mm-hmm. Fast Company, mm-hmm. Forbes. It just kind of goes on and on and on. And she's also the focus of the latest season of Startup. Yes. And so, a Startup is a sister show of ours. Yes, the fam. Yes, the fam. We actually had Amy Standen, who hosted the season of Startup. She hit us up all the way from San Francisco to tell mm-hmm. us about Arlen and some of the really cool founders that she's investing in. But first, we should actually probably just learn what even a venture capitalist is. But I will let Amy explain that. So a venture capitalist is a person who controls a big pot of money. And by big, I mean like anywhere from on the small end, $5 million, to on the high end, it could be billions of dollars. Wow. And what they do with that pot of money is they take chunks of it and they give it to founders, to people who want to start companies. And what's really amazing about this is venture capital is money you don't have to pay back. So if I'm a founder and I get some venture capital, so somebody gives me, you know, a million dollars or half a million dollars to start my company, if my company is just a total abysmal failure, you know, it just dies, that's fine. I'm off to my next thing. No debt attached to this. If my company goes on to become like, you know, Instagram or Airbnb or whatever, then that venture capitalist owns a little piece of my company. That's how they make money. Oh, my God. This makes me want, I'm like, I want VC money just to start <laughs> exactly. stuff. I know. I think annually, like, $84 billion of venture capital is given away oh, each okay. year. And this is really the kicker, right? the place where the numbers get really discouraging. Of that $84 billion, 
less than 2% goes to women, women of, you know, any race. Um, And there's not great data for African Americans, but somewhere around 1% goes to black founders. That sounds about right. If you look at black women specifically, it's 0.2%. Wow. And I... Uh, yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> so you just like, if you think about that as that money as opportunity, like no strings attached opportunity, and how few kinds of people are getting it, it's kind of nuts. And it's interesting because, like, when I think about, like, from what I know about venture capital and, and, and venture capitalists, like VCs, they don't, they don't typically, usually they're white, just being, yeah. being straight up. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> A stereotype that is entirely true. <laughs> yeah. How exactly did, you know, like, can you say a little more about, like, how Arlen got to this position? Yeah, she just started asking. You know, she literally mm-hmm. just, like, sat down and sent out cold emails to every sort of big marquee venture capitalist that she read about online. She sent out, you know, hundreds and hundreds of cold emails. What did the emails say? <laughs> Is it just like, give me money? Yeah. (laughs) Give me money. Trust me with your money. (laughs) I mean, essentially, I mean, this is what's one one of many things that I think is cool and fascinating about Arlen is that she really didn't feel like she was asking them for a favor. You know, it wasn't like, will you give me a break? I'm trying to make it. It was, I know something that you might not know, which is Mm. that there is this group of founders out there who are not being given a chance. And because of that, you guys are just like leaving money on the table. Because Arlen had done a lot of research. She had spoken to all kinds of startup founders, women, male, people of different races. And she believed that she had discovered something really important about women founders and other founders who just didn't have the same kinds of resources that the white guys got. Nine times out of 10, the woman who had done everything herself had a viable company that was worth maybe the same or a little bit less than the other company, but done with a tenth of the resources. I thought, what an interesting opportunity. Is it fair to say that if we give her the same resources, she can do 10x the return? And that, as soon as I had the question in my head, boom, I go. Eventually, she does a crowdfunding. She gets together enough money and like literally, I mean like scraping together enough money to buy a one-way ticket to San Francisco. And she sleeps on the floor of the San Francisco airport for four months. And every day she is taking the train down to Silicon Valley. And instead of emails, she's just literally knocking on doors. And eventually, you know, she convinces a couple of people to give her a little bit of money. And then she convinces a few more people to give her a little more money. Um, And that is how she has raised about $5 million so far. I'm curious to hear more about like what type of founders who, uh, the the types of founders she's interacting with and like what their experiences have been like. I mean, I think my sense is that to be a founder of color in Silicon Valley is a pretty unique experience and one where you see a lot of the same kinds of things happening to lots of people. And when Arlen brings all of her founders together, of course, like that's what they talk about. There's this story that this uh, one of her founders, Brian Breckheen, he calls the OO phenomenon. Brian has a facial recognition company called Kairos, and he says that any time he went to like a, you know, a meeting with a VC, a blind meeting where they hadn't seen a picture of him, there was this thing called the OO, which is they would look at him and say, oh, oh, you're Brian. Oh, oh, you know. <laughs> and he just like, <laughs> he got so used to this, but it just got old. 
can you talk to me a bit more about like the 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 companies that Arlen is investing in? Like like what what's standing out to her? I know she's kind of taking chances on on people of color and women and, and queer people who often don't get a chance to get these types of investments. But what are the actual companies like? Um, I actually I brought you guys some tapes. I thought you might want to hear some of these founders. Yeah, Love definitely. Tape. <laughs> This first one is Sheena Allen, and she has a company called Capway. Capway is a financial services company for the underbanked. So she grew up seeing very much this world of sort of, quote-unquote, alternative banking, you know, payday lenders, check cashing, mm-hmm. pawn shops. And the people who, you know, lived in her community really used these places a lot, really relied on them. I grew up in Terry, Mississippi, small town right outside of Jackson, Mississippi, which is the capital um, so it's in central, central Mississippi, small town. We don't have any stoplights. We only have stop signs. Um, we, we did just get a Fred's. We had a dollar store. We had one bank and a lot of churches, and that's about it. <laughs> so the problem with payday lenders and check cashing is that they're terrible businesses for the people who use them. They extract just, you know, predatory fees and all this stuff. So what Sheena's trying to do is to create an app that can help people who are really sort of outside of the traditional banking system and also provide financial literacy to people who just don't have a lot of it. So so Sheena comes very much from this world. She knows her potential customers. But when she goes to talk to Silicon Valley, you know, Sand Hill Road, venture capital investors, they really kind of, they, they just don't understand what she's trying to do. I've actually tried, had to convince um, an investor that there's people in 2017 that do not have a bank account in America. You, you go into these rooms and I'm speaking sometimes to white gentlemen who probably can actually say I am part of a gener- generational wealth. And, you know, my dad probably was an investor or had some money or I live in my $2 million home in, you know, Beverly Hills or San Jose. <laughs> I think a lot of times that they they invest in things when it gets like artificial intelligence and virtual reality and augmented reality. And then I come in, I'm like, hey, I'm here to help people in rural Mississippi and in rural Alabama and the people in Southside Chicago where no bank will go. I am here to help them get a bank account. I am here to help them actually understand what financial health is. So I go in and I'm pitching and I'm telling them this. And in their world, there's no way that people in America in 2017 are still having those problems. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that, like, in this situation, like, the the lack of belief in the scope of the problem actually kind of continues it, mm-hmm. if you really look at it. You know, like, she's she's kind of presenting this fix, but, you know, like, people can't necessarily access the tools that might take them out of this type of cycle if, if, if people can't kind of empathize with the fact that there's a problem in the first place. Also, too, it makes me think about, like, all of these different startups that now, that have come up in the past, like, you know, five to ten years that, like, make it seamless to purchase something or to hail a cab or to find a place to stay in another city. Like, those have solved a lot of really common human problems. And if you only have a certain type of human in the room, you know what I'm saying, you're keeping all these people from accessing a solution that could quite literally just 
like simplify the way that they live their lives. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like I think about how much easier it is. Well, I think about even just being a black person and catching a cab, let's say. You don't get the driver looking you in the eye and turning you down for a ride as they pass you. You know what I'm saying? If you're getting a cab through mm-hmm. uh, through an app, you can make your profile photo, whatever, or you can not include one, and that will keep somebody from turning you down for a ride based upon your race. That's something that mm. solves a huge problem that affects a lot of people. Now, that was probably not. <laughs> I wouldn't guess that that was like the main problem that a rideshare <laughs> app was meant to solve. <laughs> but like imagine, you know, if, if you had a room full of different people, like if you go to pitch a VC and there's a room full of people, you know, that's actually diverse, like what problems could they solve? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just makes you yeah. realize how much you miss out, how much we all miss out. How much we all and kind of on that note, I'm like, I'm curious, like, who are the other founders that Arlen is talking to or, or trying to give this shot? Sure. Well, let's meet another one. Let's hear from Melissa Hanna. She is the co-founder of a company called Mommy. So Melissa launched this company. Um, this is a little unusual. She launched it with her mother, who is a, a nurse. <laughs> and um, and Mommy is a, a platform that connects families of newborn babies to their healthcare providers. Um, but one of the reasons she's really interested in this is because she knows how poorly a lot of Black women fare after giving birth and around the time of, of giving birth. Mm-hmm. And she knows this is a really big problem. So to tackle it, she feels like she needs a really big company, right? I mean, a big product. So she goes out and she starts making the rounds of venture capitalists. There are a few things that make it very likely that an investor will take a meeting with me. And those things are that I am a woman and I'm working in tech. And that is still unique enough that people would say, you know what? I'm curious. I'd like to meet with her. How did she get into this space? I literally have people ask me, how did you get into tech? They want to hear the journey. They want to hear the story. They want to hear why I'm still here. Because internally, people know this industry is difficult. That's one. Two, I'm a woman of color. That just adds even more mystery and mystique to it. How are you here? Who let you in the door? How did you get in the building? I've actually had people ask that. And (laughs) Who let you in the building? (laughs) Yes. I have met with so many investors. I've met with so many funds that I'm now at a point where when someone wants to introduce me to someone, more often than not, I'm saying, I know that person. They know me already. No introduction needed. Wow. Mm. I mean, honestly, that I mean, something about that experience is, is similar in a lot of different situations. Like when you're a person of color or you, you, you come from an underrepresented group, there often can be like a like a fascination with your story, mm-hmm. but when it comes time to actually pull the trigger on the thing that you need, there's that hesitation there. Mm-hmm. And like I'm, I don't, I'm not, I don't work in Silicon Valley, obviously, because I'm I'm here at work. I did work <laughs> in Silicon Valley. I'd be on a yacht right now, but like I have had meetings where people are just yeah. sort of like they just want to know like. They want to understand, like, how you got, like, how what, what makes a person like you? It's like, I don't know. My parents, they met in 1968. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what makes a person like you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, she's exhausted so much energy yeah, just answering exactly. basic questions about how she got where she is. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily about the company, Mm-mm. you know? <laughs> no. It's just about kind of hearing from a person you haven't heard before, but you're not, it's not really listening if you're not actually talking about the the like the the merits of the business, you know? Yeah. It sounds so exhausting. 
I'm not. I'm depressed. It's depressing. <laughs> but I, what the sense I get from these founders is that's kind of where Arlen comes in. Um, you know, is that she she can write them a check. I mean, which is in itself a huge deal. She wrote Melissa, Melissa's first venture capital check. Um, but then what she does is she brings them into a room where they're not ha- having to explain themselves all the time mm. because mm. they're with a bunch of people who have had really similar experiences. And I imagine that that just gives you the strength that you need or some of it to put up with all that other crap. Um, And we heard that from people, that what she does is she brings you into a world of people who are saying, you know, here we are and, you know, we we get you. There was this moment that comes to mind. Um, We were at an event that Backstage Capital was throwing at South by Southwest. And it's this big room full of founders of color. And this one guy walks up to her. He sort of pushes his way through the crowd. His name is Ahmed Zidane, and he is the co-founder of a hijab brand um, called Hot Hijab. So he comes up to her, and he has this thing he's just, like, dying to say. I didn't want to say this when I was on the stage because I didn't want to sound like I'm sucking up to you. But, like, dude, we're building Wakanda. <laughs> like, that's what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's awesome. This is the future. And the reason why you get it and other people don't is because we're part of the future. They don't get it. And that's Arlen. I mean, Arlen has always felt like she knows what the future looks like. That in 10, 15, however many years, Silicon Valley is going to look really different. There will be a generation of black and brown and female queer tech billionaires. This is the world she's trying to build. Where can we where can we listen to this like <laughs> this episode, amazing this sounding season podcast? Of startup. Yeah. yeah. You've got us hooked. Good. We <laughs> produced six episodes of, of um, Startup all about Arlen Hamilton, and all six episodes are available right now. Yeah, I'm ready. This is, this is something I want to hear. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. It's fun talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. I might be a little biased, but I personally am excited to hear this season. And fortunately, Startup produced six episodes of the season about Arlen Hamilton, and they are all available right now, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you download. Yes. Yes. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm like, I'm curious to see how things turn out. Yeah, I really want to hear what happens with the fun. Like, honestly, always hearing about businesses kind of leaves me like a little stressed just on the edge of my seat. Because like stuff can just go like really wrong or really right very quickly off small decisions. Very true. Very true. But fortunately, that's not our lot in life. Exactly. (laughs) That's a lot of pressure. I'm just going to make a podcast. (laughs) 